Welcome to the latest EG Like Sunday Morning, bringing an end to a volatile week. Uh, if there are two important things I struggle to pay attention to for long, uh, they are politics and economics, uh, just two of the three reasons why PPE at Oxford was not for me. But in a week where they have collided in cataclysmic fashion, thankfully, I have a pair of esteemed colleagues who, can, who I can rely on to truly bring these topics alive. Welcome. Deputy Editor Tim Burke and Senior Writer Piers Weiner. How are you both? Yes, yeah, comparatively good considering the, the week that we've all had. Uh, Likewise, Piers, I only I only come on here now for the intros. I, I never feel that I'm offering that much, but I just like to hear how you're going to describe me each week. It's a nice little, it's just a nice little ego just boost. A pick, a pick me up. For the yeah, a little pick me up. Yeah, yeah. Get, get you ready for the, the working week ahead. And, and Piers, uh, you of course were sat in the easy chair last week, uh, and you seemed you seemed you seemed rather hungry. Uh, okay. I ask, how how peckish are you now that you're in in the difficult chair? Have you have you had a Snickers this week? I have, yeah. I've 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 I've, I've had my have I had my Sherdies this morning, so um, we should be all right. If if okay. I start rumbling, you'll know because the puns will start again. And <laughs> okay, so. Uh, who wants to begin as I ask pretty much the only question, the main question this week? <laughs> and I will use I will use Guardians of the Galaxy swearing uh, rather than actual curse words. How flarked are we? <laughs> it feels like we're pretty flarked at the moment. I've had I've had multiple conversations with people today. You're already going to stop me because I'm not pretending it's Sunday anymore. But in in which people have just said it seems. It seems unbelievable to think that the mini budget was only last Friday. Mm. It feels like it. this happened weeks ago, given the scale of everything that has hit the proverbial fan over the days, over the days since. Um, it has been a real, it's been a real shocker, hasn't it? Um, yeah, and you've been, you've been looking at the financials of it all uh, in this week's edition. Yes, I have. Um so invest, investors haven't reacted very warmly to the policies <laughs> that um, that were outlined last Friday. Um, uh, the the IMF has had things to say about the um, the level of of ta tax cuts that are being proposed. Um, markets have gone into turmoil. It's been interesting to look at how quickly that's affected things in the real estate world. And, and yeah, as you say, in this week's mag, I was uh, I was looking across the. Um, the public equity markets and the, the the debt financing markets as well really really clear and immediate impact on um on the equity side i mean stocks have gone south and almost every day it's been real estate names that have led that that drop whether it's house builders or um all the big reits so if you take those big FTSE 100 reits british land landsec and um and seagrow um between uh between the end of last Thursday, I sort of have to timestamp this. So the day before the mini budget arrived, and um, and the close of the market uh, yesterday, Wednesday, those three companies alone had one and a half billion pounds wiped off their um, their combined market cap. It, it they had sunk further than that. There was a bit of a recovery yesterday um, after the Bank of England said it was going to try to prop up the, um, the the government bond market, but. Um, again, with the timestamp that we're we're having a chat, sort of early mid afternoon on Thursday, all those stocks are already heading heading back down again. Um, and I mean, those, those it, it does seem heavily skewed towards towards real estate problems. So those, those three big REITs are all down 
we're all down sort of between um between seven and nine percent ish and that's um that's against a sort of two to three percent fall in the FTSE 100 over the same period so it's looked it's looked really grim over these days it has to be said and major deals are, are starting to be tanked yeah the 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 the, the immediate uh, the, the first really big casualty was um was from lxi reit which uh last week said not just that it was working out a deal with Sainsbury's to do a sale and lease back on um, a portfolio of shops, but said it had done that it had exchanged the, the the deal had exchanged. This was going ahead, and then it was going to uh, head to the market and um, and raise some fresh equity to pay for it. Start of this week, it came back to investors and said, um, "No, scrap all that. That we're pulling out of the deal, and we're not going to be doing the fundraise." And uh, uh, analysts have have um, pointed out and our news editor Pui delves into this in, in this week's mag that with with stocks performing the way they have the company just couldn't make the maths work on that anymore if they were going to raise funds through uh, issuing new shares and the stock price was falling by as much as it was then you simply couldn't make the numbers work in terms of what they'd need to get from the market to push that deal through in any way that made it look like an attractive um, transaction and yeah, that was that was I, I think I think so far the only truly big casualty on the equity markets. I, but any any deal or any venture where the company was was sort of pinning hopes on on selling new shares to existing investors um, is is probably going to going to come a cropper at the moment. And uh, as our resident politico, uh, Piers, uh, what, what do you make of it all? I think that the the thing that's that's really fascinating is, as Tim said, you know, this has just happened so quickly. The um, the old adage of of a week being a a, a long time in politics <laughs> has never been truer. It's just been extraordinary that that you've had this this mini budget. I mean, it's neither mini um, because it's it's huge. It's it's one of the biggest tax giveaways in the past. Well, it's the biggest in the past fifty years. Um, but it's also it's it fundamentally affects so many different parts of the economy, the parts of different people's lives, um, and it's it goes across from businesses to, to to people's pockets. But it's also not really a budget, and it is really a budget. The reason why it's not really a budget is because the OBR don't get any oversight on it, and you don't get those little charts that say which way things are going to go. Um, and it is in that it affects everything fundamentally, as we just said. But the problem with not having the OBR oversight and those charts is that it just adds to that uncertainty. And every single time we've seen um, the market sort of take a breath and think, okay, no, fine, this could, this is, this is okay. We can, we can put our confidence back in this. Something else happens that just smacks into it, like uh, the Chancellor's comments on Sunday that just smacked into that confidence again. The uh, the Asian market suddenly going, oh my God, smacks into it again. The IMF saying. Not only do we think this is a bad idea, but we're going to tell you in detail which bits of this we think are a bad idea. I mean, that's that's kind of unprecedented for the IMF to do that to anybody except an emerging economy that's just installed a dictator. I mean, this it's it's truly worrying from a, a political and economic point of view. Um, I also didn't do politics or economics at university. I did history. So looking back, which I can do with my history head on. It, <laughs> There, there have been parallels made between this 
budget. Let's call it a budget. It's a budget. Mm. Um, if it talks pop- and walks and quacks like a budget. Exactly. The, the only thing that, that means it isn't a budget is because there's been no budgeting going on. Nobody has budgeted for anything. It's all done on a credit card. So, um, but the, the the parallels between this and Anthony Barber's budget back in 1972 have been made by every single columnist and people are going on about this. And But they're kind of fair because it was a giveaway to prompt growth. And that that is fundamental to, to what Quasi Quarting and, and Liz Trust are trying to do is that they want growth they want this almost this sugar rush to to take us out of the the stagflation episode that we're in into you know something a bit closer to the sunlit uplands the problem is that that worked in 1972 anthony barber got his his two-year buzz um and then you know they, they they got the election but by 76 the imf was on again offering a loan but this time the markets have wised up to that they're they're worried. They see this as being done on borrowing. So that's the magic money tree again. They see that this is, is has not been costed. And you, you can you can see why why the response has been so um so shocked and so um I think frightened actually is, is a is a good way of describing it. The the LXI deal that that Tim was talking about, it's really interesting that um the the, the issue is raising the money from the markets. The issue isn't the properties, the 18 properties. They're still quite keen on those. And the 21 yeah. properties that Sainsbury's is wanting to buy the freeholds of. So they were going to, you know, they're going to sell 18 mm-hmm. by 21. Um, Sainsbury's is saying they're still going to go for those properties because they don't have to raise the money anywhere. They've got it. So that that seems that you know you've still got the fundamentals of property being being quite a good place to put your money the problem is if you if you have to raise money you're screwed and that's where we're going to see i think that it looks as though that you're going to have um lots of overseas investors coming over you're going to have lots of targets both into on a company level on a and on an asset level i mean it's it's going to change the shape of the market i think but to go back to what you asked about politically what the hell is going on so much more than that I mean, we've had it's event upon event upon event, as well as the the knocks. We've had the other things contained in the mini budget. It's there are loads of policies in there. Some of them are rehashes and refreshes of of things that we've seen before. Some of them are are pretty new. Um, some of them are, are complete U turns on on policies uh, that we've seen before. And then we've also got at the same time. The Labour Party having its conference, there wasn't much new in there, but that reaffirmation of wanting to be the party of business, wanting to be the party of sound money, wanting to be the party that that businesses can do business with, um, that has taken another step forward. And in the context of what else is going on this week, suddenly you've got a 17 point lead. You've got uh, a, a party leader who is saying, we don't have all the answers. Please come and talk to us. And you've got an attempt, even if it's slightly misjudged at the moment, but an attempt to focus on the things that businesses really care about. Mm. And suddenly, for the first time in a decade, they're in contention. And they become the party for real estate. Yeah. Well, so so um, so I saw in, in uh, on one of our headlines. <laughs> I think that might have been a little overstated. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh... To, to to start first with the, the current government, uh, and you mentioned, you know, that the, the, the plan is growth. Uh, it's it's uh, step three is growth. 
uh, if the mini budget is step one. Uh, it's it's the step two that, like with the uh, South Park underpants gnomes, that is slightly missing at the moment. But part of step two possibly are uh, investment zones, Piers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what can you tell us about investment zones? Well, um, we we have uh, in the supporting documents to the mini budget, um, we have uh, a nice couple of lists. And one of the lists is this, this, this is the 38 uh, councils, uh, 38 authorities that they've been talking to, which is the, a nice long list. And you look at it and it is pretty much everywhere in the UK. I mean, they, they, so, somebody in most parts of the UK, uh, most parts of England, sorry, has said, yeah, OK, yeah, we're pretty interested in this. And it, it runs from everywhere. It's it, the Greater London's on there. Greater Manchester is on there. Norfolk is on there. I mean, what a surprise. It's Liz Truss's constituency. It'd be rather embarrassing if it wasn't. But then there's another list which says, OK, these are the sorts of places that we think might make quite good investment zones. And it's half the length. And it includes some quite surprising places and some quite unsurprising places. So part of the list is basically the free ports and the ones, the places that didn't quite get free port status. So the free ports and the runners up. Um, and some of the other ones are places like uh, Stoke-on-Trent's uh, pottery district. So the, the, there is, it's an interesting mix. They're not quite like the um, the, the development zones, the, the Michael Heseltine's zones uh, back in the day. They're, but they're similar. And that idea of whether they're trying to drive growth in um, in the poorer areas, the underfunded areas of the country, or whether they're trying to capitalise on places where growth already is, is a little bit unclear. I mean, it might be both. But what we do know is that there's going to be a relaxation of planning policy. There's going to be a relaxation of tax. There's going to be all sorts of regulations dropped. And these are the things that are worrying quite a few campaigners. So the environmental lobby is up in arms because, you know, you, you do that map of here are where they could be and a map of here are lots of protected nature zones and obviously they intersect yeah. so um, there's there's been some some worry about that but the detail of exactly how it's going to work where it's going to work is really unclear at the moment all we know is that that this is these are the same things that Liz Truss was talking about when she was talking about full fat free ports so you kind of get an idea of what the policy is um and it's the sort of thing that she's been talking about for quite a while, which is the um, the the light touch, the uh, taking the, the dead hand of government off these places to allow them to grow. Is the Norwich City Club shop in an investment zone? Is that? <laughs> I think it should be. I think it definitely should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, OK, and you, you mentioned, uh, obviously, that the Labour, uh, great timing for a Labour Party conference, and they've been um, doing their best to uh, seize the opportunity pre pre uh, presented, not prevented, very much not prevented, the <laughs> pre presented by this crisis. And so uh, I, I believe sort of one of the things that they've they've highlighted is um, business rates, which is always uh, something, uh, a cause celebre uh, with many of the people we, we speak to as to how you can actually grapple with the problems faced by many um, businesses? Yeah, well, the um, the industry's team of business rates experts and enthusiasts um, had all said about the uh, the mini budget that, that business rates was the elephant in the room. You know, why weren't they talking about business rates? Where was, where was the progress on business rates and getting very grumpy about it and quite rightly so. Um, 
and then with the Labour Party conference, it was pretty much just the elephant. It was huge and obvious <laughs> and everyone could see it. You know, this to have Rachel Reeves decide to dedicate another paragraph to another conference speech, uh, the shadow chancellor, um, to business rates shows a real commitment. Back then, back a year ago, when she first did it, there was a, a bit of apprehension because she was saying we are going to abolish business rates. We are going to get rid of them completely. We don't like them. Business doesn't like them. And when Labour starts talking about abolishing things, people get a little bit nervous because what do you replace it with? How much um, how much damage are you going to cause by the act of abolishing something? And, and you know, how much time is this going to take? More uncertainty. Markets don't like uncertainty. Businesses don't like uncertainty. So that that made people a bit nervous last year. Since then, they've had some conversations. There's been a lot of chat going on in the background, a lot of briefings. Um, and it now seems that abolish actually means fundamentally reform. That's the message that's coming across. So abolish is the word that you use in the conference room when you want to get everybody on their feet and clapping about a policy that they probably don't care that much about because you're going to abolish something. But actually, when you're talking to business, you're saying, this doesn't work. How can we make it work? It's going to be about more frequent valuations. It's going to be about getting rid of um, the tapered downward uh, transition. It's going to be about fixing the problems. Business hopes. There is, however, a slight coda to that, which is some of the other conversations that have been going on at conference, which is brilliant, um, that there have been conversations about land value taxation. And I love this because this is just this is like one of those those um, gremlins or the, the, like bogeymen that haunts the industry and, and their nexus with with uh, the politics of the left that every so often somebody will say, well, land value taxation and everybody gets terrified and runs away. So that that's raised its head in a couple of the fringe meetings and um, a few of the, the corridor chats in uh, in uh, Liverpool uh, last week. Well, I think it's probably more likely to be fundamental reform than LVT. So against all that background, what a terrible week, Piers, to be launching a brand new <laughs> politics podcast. How, however, have you found anything to talk about? I know, I know, we've, we've been strapped. Um... Yeah, so for those of us uh, who who uh, want to listen to even more... Uh, uh, the, following, 90, the, following 90 minute, the 90 minute first edition of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us, Piers, what, what, what should people be looking out for? Uh, what is it? What are you going to be talking about? How often are you doing it? What's going on? Well, this is, um, this is a, a, as you say, it's a, it's a new podcast. Um, it's uh, The working title is EG's Office Politics, which I can't decide is, whether that's quite good or whether it's just awful, but I'm sure um, people will let us know. I'm, uh, I'm, just, I'm disappointed you haven't gone with Wayner's World. It, it seems like <laughs> the ideal opportunity. We have to do something with that title eventually. Well, I think I think my uh, my co, co-host will get a, a little bit cross. My, my regular uh, collaborator, um, in fact, I, I refer to him as my coalition partner, um in in this first episode is mark prisk so former mp former housing secretary former uh, housing minister sorry former business minister um and you know graciously i allow him to do most of the talking on this first <laughs> episode because i kind of think that having done all this at a ministerial level he might know a little bit more than me maybe um well i mean at least we'll we'll, we'll let him think so in the first week and then we'll uh, we'll see what happens 
Um, you're not doing a, a rotating cast of housing ministers. You're not going to go through all of all of them over the <laughs> over the last I I mean, twenty years. Seriously, if, if we got all of them in, that would we'd run and run. Um, <laughs> He's. Uh, I think if we, if we go back to um, to looking at the coalition, he's he's number two in that long list. So he's mm-hmm. he actually he was there for just over a year, which for modern times that's uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Indeed. It's an he, epoch, um, a veritable housing ministry epoch. He once um, uh, he once told me that uh, telling anyone you were the former housing minister now feels like telling them you once played Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was your fa- who was your favourite housing minister? Who's your favourite doctor? Now, now, well, there you go. You'll like that comparison because that actually does pop up in in this first <laughs> podcast. There you go. Um, what, what what better reason to listen? Um, so people <laughs> people uh, elsewhere on the EG podcast channel straight after this go go right right to uh, EG's office politics, uh, and uh, you can hear even more of Pierce. Um, so. Uh, Piers, uh, I, I did listen to E.G. Light Sunday Morning last week. Uh, oh, I'm I liked... so sorry, Jess. I'm no, so no, sorry. I, I, I feel I, it's like when you go away and leave someone else looking after your cat, and I feel that you've come <laughs> no. home and the wrong food is in the bowl. And oh. uh, so I, I, I gave serious thought to continuing your word association game uh, with with the government and its mini budget, but then I thought, no, that will get us all taken off air permanently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've stuck with a traditional quiz, gone back to a traditional quiz. Are you ready for that? The rest of the week's headlines summed up in quiz form. Uh, Tim, would you like to go first or second? Um, I'll go second. Can, can I just can I just put a caveat out there? It, it has been a very busy week in terms of politics, and um, I'm just gonna just gonna say to lower expectations on my performance (laughs) in this quiz. Well, let's see how you do. Uh, Question one, Piers. Which is the first of the landed estates to achieve B Corp certification this week? Uh, This was... uh, This was the the Portman estate, wasn't it? It was. Well done. 1-0 to Piers. Tim. Very good news. Very good news. Uh, more oh, I thought you week. meant one nil to Piers was very good. Yeah, well, that's that also too. very good news. <laughs> Tim, your first question. Redevelopment of the Eastgate Shopping Centre into a mixed-use scheme has been approved on appeal. But where is the Eastgate? Um, in... No, it's not. Is it Ealing? It's not Ealing. It's not Ealing. Piers, would you have got the correct answer to this? Uh, no, I, it, it's in the east, isn't it? I mean, I, I feel possibly that there are Eastgate shopping centres in a quarter of all British towns so, and cities. Yeah. But uh, the one we're talking about this week is in Basildon. Okay. Ah, yes. I think I've I've confused that with another resi scheme that's elsewhere in the edition. Ah, Rookie error. You you read a lot of headlines and then a lot of articles, Tim. You can't be expected to keep them all suitably discerned in your mind. Um. Okay. Piers, your second question, missing word. Uh, can you fill in the missing word in this headline? Blank, not property, make the best deals. I, I like the way you're nodding your head just straight away when I say <laughs> blank. It's like, I've got this. Blank, not property, make the best deals. People. This is true. This is correct. This is Sam's interview with Digby Flower ahead of his retirement from Cushman and Wakefield at the end of the year. Okay, Tim, your missing word. Tide's £100 million Ealing co-living scheme, blank through. 
I know this, but it's unfair because I came up with it, but I'm still very proud of it, waved through. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah, nicely done. There you go. You preempted the second question. Uh, so there you go. So that, uh, I make it, is 2-1 so far to Piers. Uh, it could all change with the diary round. <clears throat> so Piers, I, I feel this might be also in your wheelhouse. Which Greek god uh, is resplendent in huge form on a Socius BTR scheme in Brighton and in smaller form on this week's diary page? Oh, this is where you realise that I haven't read the diary page yet. <laughs> oh. oh, but you can take a punt. You can. Well, it would have to. It would have to be a like a relevant one, wouldn't it? So, what can I get? Can I get a contextual clue? I mean, I think you you kind of already have one. It's a, it's a Greek god in Brighton. What are you oh right, go? okay. Um, well, I'm going to go for Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed Poseidon, uh, trident in hand, uh, in massive form on the side of the building. Looks fantastic. Uh, OK, Tim, you're playing for pride after a, a, a <laughs> phenomenal performance from Piers. Uh, what famous visual puzzle can City and Docklands residents play to win money off their rent whilst they're waiting for their elevators to arrive? I love this. I love this piece. Um, where's Wally? It is where's Wally. Hooray. What? That's brilliant. Yes. First first person to, to, to spot Wally or complete uh, a similar puzzle each week gets £10 off their rent. Marvellous idea. More, more please. Nice. Uh, all you landlords out there, start giving people maybe uh, like this morning you can make offers to to pay your energy bills if you uh, <laughs> if you spot where Wally is. Maybe that's maybe that's the answer to everything. Am I right in thinking, Jess, as well that um, that there's a an online only special diary story this week? Is that right? There is an online you've got only an special online diary extra. Story. That's true. Um, yes, uh, there is. So people hunted out because the uh, the buyer's house uh, from Stranger Things uh, was on the market. I believe it is now under contract, but uh, the the wonderful uh, buyer's house uh, owned by Winona Ryder in Stranger Things was on the market, and both both Piers and I were very tempted. <laughs> it looks very nice. I mean, apart is, from, is it yeah. you that is it you that's under contract to Piers? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go to the markets to raise the money for that. So I <laughs> might uh, the next week tell you that I've pulled it. Yes. Yeah. What was a $300,000 investment uh, is, is now for you uh, something like a £600,000 investment. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the mortgage is horrendous. But, uh, the the, the but, rates on it are just hideous. <laughs> ah, oh, well. OK. Thank you to you both. Uh, and for those of you who haven't had enough, please do go and listen to EG's Office Politics. Uh, we will be back uh, next week when you can listen to even more EG like Sunday morning.